0: And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back with the latest episode of the Team Building Podcast, where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market, and we are talking about the real estate team models of the future. I have, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn, with me today. We have no guests. It's just me and
1: you. Jeff, what's up today? Instead of ever-shrinking man today, we can do ever-shaven man. you are the ever-shaven man. You know, once every two years, I just get it in me that I need to shave my face. So anyone listening, fortunately for you, you can't see me. For anyone watching the YouTube video, I apologize. It's always awkward to see your face after two years, Matt. Yeah, it's, it's really
0: unfortunate because the rapper name Babyface is already taken because otherwise I would totally make that your seventh nickname.
1: I can't believe how many people have been like, dude, you look so much younger. I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I definitely look like Mr. Clean if you guys remember Mr. Clean. Exactly. That, is that our generation? Was that like a 1990s thing? Mr. Clean? Uh, we, we
0: we hit the tail end of the Mr. Clean thing and I then it went so. away. Yeah. Mr. Clean's gone. It's yeah, it's gone. gone. He's he's trying to do other. He's trying to branch out into other markets, and it's not working
1: so well. Well, maybe I'm taking his spot back. That's my third nickname. You can start calling me for the next week. Then Mr. Clean's going away. Exactly. Mr. Scraggly is coming in about a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we jump into the team model stuff, uh, you want to say
0: a quick word about the upcoming event?
1: Yeah, so you guys, I am so excited. This will be our, first, our second year hosting the Team Building Summit in Omaha in June. We're doing it in conjunction with Omaha's College World Series. The College World Series Championship is hosted in Omaha every year at the TD Ameritrade Park. It's June twenty. Our event is June 24th through June 26th, and the last day of the event, we got everyone tickets to go watch the championship game of the College World Series. So it's going to be a great time. Even if you're not a baseball fan, it's a really fun time to be in Omaha. The weather's great. Uh, The baseball, you know, all the baseball teams bring a a really cool vibe into the city. Um, And we are going to be hosting um, the two full day team building summit where we're going to have VIP team leaders from all over the country, um, a handful of which are elite real estate systems members. They're going to be doing um, keynotes. They're going to be doing panels. We're going to be doing Q&A lunches with all VIP speakers. We have the CEO of Rockerbox, Josh Cunningham coming, um, CEO of Viral Marketing, Frank Klesitz, the CEO of um, Sisu. Which is Brian Charlesworth and a bunch of other VIP surprise guests. Um, you won't want to miss out. It's only two hundred and ninety-seven dollars to attend this event. So if you're interested in buying a ticket, you will not regret it. I promise. It's going to be an incredible time. We have about a hundred team leaders coming. It's the only team-specific summit in the country that I know of um, that opens their doors to anyone and everyone across all coaching platforms, all brokerages. It doesn't matter where you are. If you want to learn about scaling a team this is the place to go. So go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events, and you will see our June 24th through June 26th Team Building Summit event, or go to TheTeamBuildingSummit.com. Hope to see you there. Cool.
0: All right. So business models of the future. So you and I are, uh, we're chatting about this behind the scenes and we're seeing a lot of the same things. There's some really interesting business models that are out there. And I feel like you're doing, I don't think you necessarily set out to do this because you just you just wanted to get into investing. But the people that I see doing really, really innovative things are the people who are blending investing and a traditional residential team. And uh, it used to be just you, kind of, you would kind of run those things in parallel, right? So you would kind of uncover a few investment opportunities here and there and you as the team leader or the team owner would kind of skim those off the top and go and swoop in and go, okay, well, maybe I'll think about buying this house for myself. Well, there's some folks out there that we're keeping an eye on that have really, you know, taken that to the next level and are now are really integrating those into effectively one Business model. So I don't know if you want to name names or not, but I do want to talk about at least the concept of the structure. Sure, I think it is one of the business models that has a chance to win uh, in like during the next correction and then coming out of the next correction because I think they have a chance to establish some serious market share.
1: Right. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things I've noticed is you, <clears throat> when we talk about different models, no matter what model you build, that model, if it truly works, should be able to work in different industries. And the thing that's so beautiful beautiful about real estate is everyone knows we should be investing in real estate, especially when it starts turning back to a buyer's market. And so I always wanted to have an investment wing to my real estate business, but I was always so busy in the churn and burn servicing the deals, focusing on building out my team that I never was cognizant about building out an investment wheel. And what I found with a lot of top investors around the country, they've had the exact same challenge and haven't built out their residential real estate wheel. But the truth of the matter is to your point, Matt, it doesn't have to run parallel. They can actually be the same thing. You just have to be cognizant of assigning someone within your real estate team or within your investment company to run the other role. So um, my team is one great example. We sold 630 sides last year in the residential side and did 100 investment deals. And what I did is I had to just find simply one direct report, who happens to be one of my best friends, who became the CEO of Dynamic Properties, which is my investment company. But he was able to hand pick the top agents from my team that we wanted to use as acquisition managers. And we hired an admin person. And he got to plug into all the systems my real estate agents were using, like Boomtown and our admin staff and our office space and our sign runners. And of course, when we list houses, we list it with our traditional real estate group. And so there's just have been a ton of synergies. And I've seen a lot of investors do the exact same thing in the reverse order.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we've had one of them on the show before, Tom Caffarella, uh, and he did the exact exactly what you talked about. So he started off as an investor. Then I think one of his key guys, the guy, his acquisition manager, basically, who was going in and running the deals and, and having the appointments with the sellers finally approached him and said, dude, we're, we're just, we're missing out. Like all these people, we're, we're, we're doing, you know, one out of every, you know, there's maybe a deal one out of every 20 or one out of every 50. And, and 40 of those people, we could be listing their homes traditionally. And so he had no intention to get into the residential brokerage side. And of course, now he runs a brokerage of 200 people or something it's like amazing. that. amazing, yeah. Right. So the thing is like once, and unfortunately, Zillow has figured this out on the buyer side. They haven't figured out on the seller side, which is he who controls the lead controls the flow like controls the flow of the business right if you can generate the lead you get to control kind of what happens to it and that's essentially what you guys are doing is if you can figure out how to generate seller leads which there's no national portal competition for right now it's basically on the ground hand-to-hand combat marketing and lead gen yep you can win that battle then you can send those leads in a couple of different places and that's kind of what you guys are doing so tell me a little bit about when you use an agent to be yeah. like an acquisition manager. To me, that seems like the weakest link in the whole thing. You, as the owner, <laughs> can set up a lot of great systems around that. But that agent going into that house and having that conversation with the homeowner, if they don't do that right, the whole thing falls apart. Am I right? You're
1: absolutely right. That I would I would say that's a bottleneck. That's probably your most important role. You know, I always have said there's three pillars to any successful scaling business. Number one, recruiting talent. Right. That can be admin staff, that can be acquisition managers, that can be agents, but you need to have great talent no matter where you are. Because we're looking at doing expansion markets as well and have, deploying all of our same acquisition strategies in other key markets where we think we're going to see huge inflation over the next you know, 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. But we know that that's the key role. We can generate leads anywhere in the country using our lead gen strategies but having that right person to go on the appointment we think is key. Now, speaking of plat, um, models of the future, we have a team in one of our um, investment groups who has an, an appraiser go out and they are, I think they live in San Diego, but they buy investment properties all over the country. And no matter where that house is, they'd use their lead gen strategy to get them a highlighted lead. And then when they have a property they want someone to go to, they have appraisers in all these markets that go and actually do an appraisal slash walkthrough because a lot of appraisers are VA certified or FHA certified to do an inspection. So -hmm. they appraise the house, they do an inspection and they shoot a video. And these investors are making buying decisions based off the video, the inspection and the appraisal, which Mm -hmm. I think is definitely a great idea. Now they've eliminated even the need of having an acquisition manager. But what we were talking about, Matt, off, off stage is that there is a little bit more to valuing a property than just the data. It's also the market climate the the neighborhood specifically. So having an expert boots on the ground, I still think is is best if you can build that network.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would agree. And you made a good point uh, that I want to bring uh, kind of onto the stage, so to speak, which is like, if you look at the competitors nationally, who could try to do this at a national level, for example, like a well-funded startup out of California, right? There's, and there's some interesting ones coming out of San Francisco that are doing some interesting things with buying shares of equity in a house and and different things like that. Mm-hmm. The weakness in all that stuff, uh, is that the more granular you get with data, the more artificial confidence it gives you for something that's actually more of like a spidey sense hmm. Right. And, and economists struggle with this a lot because economists in the early 1900s went super, super deep on the metrics and the numbers. And then they left behind the principles that actually worked. Right. It's because they, they feel very secure in the math of it all. But the math doesn't actually reflect things that, were, that work in the real world. And you talked about uh, when you look at how a, a house is actually valued, it's not the past data of what happened. It's the current competition and you have to make an intelligent decision on how that specific house matches up against the current competition and how it's perceived in the marketplace in the minds of buyers. And to me, that's that's our biggest advantage over some well-funded startup is they're going to rely on the data. The data is going to give them a lot of confidence
1: and most likely they're going to be wrong. True. The other thing you have to think about is everyone listening is considering investing. Is, is that investment a short-term investment? Are you going to wholesale it where you assign the contract to another investor? Are you going to wholesale where you close and then now two months later, you're putting it on the market without fixing it up? Are you going to flip it where you actually put 20 to 50,000 in and you renovate and sell it on the market? Or are you going to hold it as a rental and do the BRRRR strategy, which is buy, renovate, rent, and then you refinance and pull your equity out? My strategy has been burr um i've wanted to build a legacy of wealth and i've used my my disposable income to acquire rental property we out of the 100 we acquired last year we kept 50 as rentals and have been able to leverage all of our initial capital into future acquisitions through refinancing those those notes which has been an amazing strategy but when we look at these houses it depends on what we're doing with them based on what we buy and what we buy it at. So hmm. obviously if it's a long term, for me, people always ask where are you buying your rentals? Cause I've, I can go buy a $10,000 house, Matt in North Omaha or South Omaha, but I have no interest in a $10,000 house because that house hasn't doubled in value the last 20 years. I'm only buying in areas that if I go back 20 years, the house has doubled year to date. It's hmm. doubled in value from 20 years ago because my bet is that over the next 20 years it will double again. And they say it should double every 10 but of course, what what we experienced back in um, 2000. I was going to
0: say, if you uh, depending on how well you believe the inflation numbers that come out of various government agencies, it's at least two and a half to 3%. I think the more real is probably double that in terms of real yeah. spending power. And so it, it also depends on the house doubles in value over the next 10 to 20 years.
1: Yeah. I don't think it'd be a surprise either. So my whole mindset is I want to own a thousand doors, hundred thousand dollars a door. And then I want to help have other renters and you know, help me pay those off over the course of the next 20. And now all of that portfolio doubles in value. Mm -hmm. That's my long-term strategy. So for people listening, like if you already have the real estate wheel, it's a no brainer to start the investment wheel, how you do it. And circling back to your question about the acquisition manager, we picked two people that wanted to get into investing as our acquisition managers, we compensate them very, it's a very simple method. It's two grand every home we purchase, they get two grand. And every house they sell, they're also our disposition managers. A lot of times investment companies have these as separate roles. We have it as the same person, they get $1,000. But these guys are doing 50 deals each a year. So they're each averaging like $150,000 and they're super happy. We also have built a vehicle where when they find the deal outside of our advertising efforts, if they go out on their own and prospect for deals, We'll let them instead in lieu of the 2000 on the acquisition, we'll give them 10% ownership. So we've created an LLC for each of them. And if they find the deal, we let them keep it 10% and they don't have to put any money in the deal, no risk. And so if they can find us 10 houses a year, they essentially just bought one rental property a year without any money into the game, just their time. And their like that. yeah, that's the cool. other thing is when we go on the appointment, we, all of our advertising says no realtor, no hassle. We're really big on no commissions, no fees, no closing costs. We don't do home inspections. We buy them as is. We'll even let let the homeowner leave all their crap in the house. We'll have hoarders. We'll just fill a dumpster. It's no big deal. But when we see that they need to sell traditionally and we can't buy it, our strategy is 30% below after repair value. So if we can't buy it at that, and they want to be at 10% below or at market value, they sh- they switch their hat around and say, well, I actually happen to be a realtor. <laughs> Even though we've been paying real- they have to disclose that in the beginning, because they're licensed, they give them a business. right. And so then they say, you know what, I think you'd actually be a great fit for a traditional model. So if our acquisition manager gets a lead and does take it traditional, I have chosen to let them keep all the commission. I don't keep a cut. Um, they get, they actually 80%. So our split over and above your team, what your team takes is just the team owner, right? So what we do is I'm the team owner. So our, their splits 80, 20. So they get the 80, the 20% instead of Omaha's elite retaining it. We send that 20% back to our investment company and use it for marketing Mm. because our marketing wheels, what generated that lead. So Omaha's elite isn't benefiting, but I own 50% of dynamic properties. So I am still benefiting on the other end. Just so everyone knows we spend 20,000 a month in lead gen. Um, on the investment side, 8,000 a month on lead gen on the real estate side. And I'm getting a way bigger return on my investment on the investment side than I am on the real estate side. So it's been really interesting mm-hmm. to like, watch this company blow up in just the matter of a couple years, Matt, because I know when we first started this podcast, I might have been buying two houses a year, which is probably the norm for a lot of real estate agents across the country, just a couple a year. Mm-hmm. But if you are more, if you're intentional, even hiring that one acquisition manager, spend a spend two or 3,000 a month on lead gen and you can, sky's the limit.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and to me, like the, the reason why I think this, this model is going to work coming out of the next correction, whenever that is, is I don't think we're going to have just a little bit of a softening. My theory on it is, is going to be at some point a pretty major correction, like in maybe not 08 stock, because it depends on how it manifests, but I think it's going to be a pretty major correction. And if you can, if you can use a model like this to kind of use your lead gen costs, like those are not going to go down, right? Whether it's mailing expenses, whether you use no. VAs to make the calls well, to the Philippines or anything yeah. else.
1: Lead gen and just costs so, I want to say, it, because I know our audience is wondering it, a third of our spend out of that 20 grand is going to mailers and mm-hmm. the mailers are say third notice on them. It's a black and white. Four by six postcard, a third are outbound calls with two full time virtual callers just doing cold calling using predictable analytics. So we're calling the people of homes that we actually want to acquire, and a third is going to Google Ads and Facebook Ads.
0: Okay, perfect. So we know those aren't none of those things are going to get cheaper.
1: Nope, they're going to stay the same or get more expensive.
0: Yeah. So anyway, yeah. To me, that just having having those that that want like one integrated model where you're able to take advantage of the cost that you're going to spend anyway. And to me, that's the, the advantage that we have right now over anyone else that can come in is that we know how to generate seller leads. So if you know how to do that, if you have a wheel, like you said, a flywheel that's right. already generating seller leads and you have two different ways to capitalize, uh, to me,
1: that that gives you a much better position when yep. things flip around in the next correction. Agreed. So another thing we've done is we've empowered our agents on the traditional listing presentations to have this investment conversation and we will compensate our agent the same way we compensate the acquisition manager. So I have 35 agents on my team and I've said to them, hey, if your seller's upside down, Um, I guess that doesn't apply. That would be a short sale referral, which we have a short sale person as well. But if the seller's in a position where they need to get rid of the house fast, seven days, they don't want to fix it up, you know, it's in horrible condition or or just, you know, repair, whatever the case may be, we can come in and buy it from them. And so it puts my agents in a really unique position too. How many agents can go on a listing presentation and say, hey, the owner of my company would buy your house from you and you could could close in seven days. And that's Mm -hmm. a unique offer. And it's not a lie. We actually are going to go buy the house from them. And so it does empower your agents to be able to offer something a little bit more unique than maybe your traditional agent could on a listing presentation. Yeah, I agree. It, it totally changes the conversation. And a lot of times it's just
0: like just getting in the door, just having something unique. And of course the guaranteed sale used to be that thing. Now right. now it's around enough that people I think are a little bit inoculated to it. Yeah. And, uh, to yeah so now in having something else, uh, we can buy yeah. it.
1: Some sort of offer like that to me gives the, yeah. uh, puts the agent in a very strong position. So yeah. awesome. what, we, what we found, I want to share some numbers real fast, and I know we get, we're about at time, but mm-hmm. we found that it takes us about $2,000 to generate one closed acquisition, but we're averaging $20,000 every disposition when we end up wholesaling or wholesaling or flipping. We get about $20,000, so it's a 10x return mm-hmm. right now on our legion investment. The really interesting thing is that's the exact return I'm getting on my traditional real estate side. Mm-hmm. So I'm spending about $300 to acquire an internet lead that closes and I'm splitting the commission with the agent It ends up breaking down to I make about 3000 net. So I'm making 3000 on my traditional real estate side and 20,000 on the investment side. So I'm making you know, six times more money. Mm -hmm. Um, doing the investment wheel versus doing the real traditional real estate wheel. And I think to survive this next shift as a real estate company, if you've done really well in the seller's market, you're going to need to build an arm. So we have a really exciting guest coming on um, our show this week. It's Gary Boomershine. I always Mm -hmm. say his last name wrong. (laughs) Gary owns REI vault and we've been using REI vault now for a couple of months. We're going to be talking about a special discount. He's going to offer all of our audience members. So stay tuned for the next podcast. Make sure you go and find it. Gary is a freaking genius when it comes to um, rental property acquisition and flip property acquisition. He's built an entire coaching company and lead gen wheel, spin wheel, if you will, that we've taken advantage of. He's built out the back end CRM in Podio. Um, Mm -hmm. He's using outbound callers through my call center, actually, in the Philippines, thousand calls a day. And so there's going to be some really exciting dialogue that I think is going to really pair nicely with what we've talked about.
0: So hundred yeah, percent Yeah, Gary, Gary's one of the sharpest guys I know. So and and I love his business model, which is one of the inspirations for what we're talking about today, because I see other people doing something similar. The difference with Gary is that he has solved the problems at such a high level and then created this kind of almost like a co-op or a managed service that you can plug into, so that you don't necessarily like you may be looking at this going like, hey, I'm running a residential real estate team. Uh, Do I have to reinvent the wheel and build my own systems? Well, the answer is no, you can you can plug into something else that you get the benefits of this business model um, without you having to build it from the ground up. So anyway, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, Okay, so we talked about the event. We talked about everything else. Go to eliterealestatesystems.com. There's a little drop down under events. It's the bottom one Omaha, Nebraska Team Building Summit it ha- is how it's labeled in the drop down. So go check that out. Uh, I'm getting a uh, ticket. I'm going to come out to um, the next, I think I'm going to come out to one of the events in May. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you should join us.